Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Green Screen Podcast. My name is Benjamin Black. I'll be hosting as the uh, Director of Sustainability for the Student Association at Duluth. And I have three guests today who will be introducing themselves, um, starting off with Brayden. Hello, I'm Brayden Nissen, and I am currently a finance manager here at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Hello, uh, my name is Anna Schreiner. Um, I'm currently double majoring in geography education and then environment sustainability and geography. Hey, I'm Corbin. Um, Guttermote, last name. Um, my major is communications. Awesome. And then my name is Ben Black. I didn't state my major earlier. Um, I'm an electrical engineering student on campus. Um, and again, very interesting in sustainability here on campus. So. Um, without further ado, I guess I wanted to kind of get students' input and ask them what are the biggest challenges that you guys face um, within sustainability, starting on more of like a, a personal level. Um, what do you guys find difficult about making your life, I guess, more sustainable? Uh, we'll start with Corbin. Well, um, I know Anna said this earlier, but definitely I'd say fast fashion. As somebody who's, like, very interested in, like, um, you know, fashion and all that stuff, I think it's very hard to go out and find stuff that I want to wear that is, in like, trending without it being extraordinarily expensive from, you know, small boutiques and stuff like that. And so, you know, typically people turn to, like, Shein and, um, you know, like Target and all that stuff, which is typically not super sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like, I think that's the number one thing for me. Also, along with um, just trying to be, like, recycle compost at my own house, just because it's hard with, you know, living with roommates and stuff who don't <laughs> share the same sustainability <laughs> views that you do. So mm -hmm. those are the top things for me. Absolutely. Do you have a recycling bin at your house? We do. We actually have two. I have been able to convince my roommates to use both of them. So that has been my personal um, triumph with sustainability. So Nice. I know that my apartment, I'm living kind of on my own, but um, our apartment complex doesn't do recycling. So if I want to do recycling, I have to throw it all in a trash bag and drive it down to the center myself. So that's a big barrier in even my own life is when trying to be sustainable is finding ways to um, even use food scraps. I know that I don't do composting at all because I don't have anywhere to put it. I don't have my own little garden. Um, mm -hmm. Something that I'd like to personally get started. Brayden, what about you? I feel like the biggest challenge is just how fast our society moves with things. And I feel like a lot of times the battle comes between with sustainability is more convenience out of things. Uh, the idea of like you should use just one water bottle and you know what clean it every day and use that But at the same time how much nicer it is to get a nice cold water bottle um, and If it is plastic make sure to at least recycle it But I feel like that's definitely a major challenge with how things are moving to be able to do that on the daily I think honestly it comes down just being like uh, having that discipline to a degree too mm -hmm. um, And just not uh, making it the highest priority at times can also be challenging when you got a lot of other things going on in your life because um, what it does come down to um, is being able to do the little things, taking a little bit shorter showers, making sure to turn off the lights. It's all those little aspects that really do add up. But at times, you just sometimes overlook it when things are moving so quick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I know that, you know, even too, walking down the hall and seeing a trash bin there when I'm carrying a water bottle, even though I might know on Duluth, there's, fortunately, we have recycling bins every, you know, 10 feet that we walk. But 
I know that even in the mall, there might be recycling bins somewhere down by like, Starbucks, but you know, this one by Goodwill is right here, so I'm just gonna chuck my water bottle in that. And there's a lot of little inconveniences like that. I mean, even, I forget to, like you said, turn off the light in the bathroom after I'm done using it, and it's a little inconvenience to get up from my chair and walk over and turn it off, but that does absolutely add up and make a huge impact. Mm. So Anna, or Anna, apologize. <laughs> um, I would just say kind of information as a whole. So I just moved up to the Duluth area and I come from a small town and you know, every single year I knew when the paper drive was, we collected our paper, you know, we drove it to the fairgrounds and that was it, you know. And so coming up here, it's trying to find those things that they do up here. And there's so much happening in Duluth and there's so many places to look that it's honestly kind of hard to find, you know, exactly where you can look and find stuff like that. So just finding where to like go to like the farmer's market when it's open, you know, trying to like look for sustainable like places around the city and stuff. So it's kind of just, yeah, trying to figure out new things that I can do up here mm -hmm. and just kind of stuff like that. I don't know. I'm still working on it. So, <laughs> so, so there, yeah. Yeah. Since moving here, I mean, what, what places have you found in the Duluth area? Because I know that most of our listeners are going to be from the Duluth area to at least start off. Um, so what are some of those places that you found? Um, well, the one I think about the most is probably the Land Lab, which is part of the U part of UMD. Um, so you can actually, any compost you have, um, you can bring it straight to the Land Lab. They would love like compost. Like they, mm -hmm. it's great for their farm and it's cheap and it's like effective. So that's one thing that like, because I know actually in my town, we don't do much compost. I never thought about much composting until I came up here. So just knowing a place where I can just bring my compost to and it's actually made me more like think about compost, you know? Mm -hmm. So next year, you know, I plan to bring it to the land lab. I'm really excited about that. But yeah, just that's one I can really think about the top of my head. Yeah. So what are some surprising, I guess, compostable materials that you found being a part of that land lab? Um, off-the-wall surprise you yeah well probably <laughs> how big it is you know I when I first went there I thought it's gonna be kind of small kind of just like a garden you know mm -hmm. it's really big they have a greenhouse and they have quite a little bit of land that you know they do some work on and it's just you know it's just really crazy to see that I didn't even know it existed until this year and so just here that we basically have our own little farm that we can produce stuff on for the school and yeah, it was just really cool and just, I didn't even know it existed, so yeah. Yeah, I know the school definitely has, it does have a greenhouse mm -hmm. somewhere on campus. I know that we've visited it before um, that is kind of hardly accessible. But another area that we do have on campus is like the Bagley Nature area, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's another place that is absolutely 100% sustainable. It's built to a passive house standard, which is like a really, really high um, sustainability standard, which means that in a really cold winter, about negative 20 degrees, um, the building can withstand or maintain a 50 degree internal temperature so that if you are freezing and the power goes out, um, you can actually live in that building for an extended period of time without needing to go I mean, outside, I mean, until the power kicks back on, until you get more light in um, to power your solar panels and the batteries that power the home. Um, that's something, too, that I found out a while ago um, when talking to the sustainability director on campus as a whole. Um, so that's really, really cool. Um, I guess my second question to you guys then is, of course, we all have our own personal little challenges. 
Um, but what are some challenges that you guys think we face as a school in general um, to, um, I mean, yeah. go ahead, spitball ideas. Um, <laughs> one thing that, it's only a challenge, but something I think we could do better mm -hmm. is um, appreciating Lake Superior. We mm -hmm. have this beautiful, humongous lake that, you know, people know around the world. Mm -hmm. And I feel as if we don't really, you know, like appreciate that appreciate it that much and I think there's a lot more we could do with appreciating the water and you know going around and just talking about it I just think that's something that we need to do better because it I mean how it's just a huge freshwater lake that we have access to and I think we could do better with appreciating that and mm -hmm. stuff like that it's not really much of a challenge but I think it's something that we could that we should focus on more why do you think people don't appreciate it as much as like as like as much as you do you know I'm not really sure I guess you know I've I mean, we were in the land of 10,000 lakes, and I grew up, you know, on a lake and traveling, and we saw Duluth and Lake Superior as, like, something, like, amazing, you know? We came up here every summer, and I also think that people who, like, think about Lake Superior, they only really think about it in the summer. You know, you're not really thinking about Lake Superior in the winter, because it's cold, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, up here, because a lot of us are up here mainly in, like, the winter season, and so you don't, you know, people don't even think about Lake Superior, because you can't really... A lot of people don't realize there's a lot more you can do on it, even mm -hmm. when it is cold. And so I think mm -hmm. that's one reason why there's not much focus on it, because, yeah, during the winter, it's just a bit too cold. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like also with the lake, a lot of people don't have, like, perspective about how, like, we are so fortunate to have mm -hmm. such a huge fresh body of water near us. Mm -hmm. And, like, so many other, even, like, like um, states in the U.S. don't have, like, nearly that much access to like clean fresh water um and i think like a lot again a lot of people like just don't have that perspective and don't really understand that um yeah so i feel like that's why a lot of people don't really appreciate it in the way besides it just being kind of like oh like a fun little thing that you can go and do as a tourist or mm -hmm. that kind of stuff mm -hmm. It just blows me away though how clear it is though too because like if you don't oh, like i've yeah. traveled around the u.s and i this isn't a direct comparison but for mississippi wise i've gone up and down mississippi <laughs> but it's interesting how much more it changed how dirty it gets i get that's more with sediment and things like that but just how comparing that from like where i see the mississippi and lacrosse wisconsin to up here how nice the water is and everything it's just so special and like you said just, I feel like that's definitely something that if people did get more perspective, that probably would help increase the appreciation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then maybe getting some more people interested in ice fishing would help with the whole winter <laughs> aspect of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot to get me out of a nice, warm, warm house and up into a little shelter yeah. mm -hmm. to go ice fishing. Well, that always surprises me, though, too, with how those surfers, though, also oh, go out there in the middle of November gosh. and stuff. Um, so if there's any listeners that are associated with UMD, our university does have a surfing uh, organization, and they go out on Lake Superior, usually when it's in the 40s and 50s, and I, I, fantastic, like it just seems so cool, but I, I know my butt would rather just be sitting on yeah. the beach with some hot cocoa or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something that we could do better, sustainability-wise is, um, I think just having, or like getting people to be more conscious of what they can, you know, compost and recycle, especially because I think UMD's done a very good job with putting, you know, recycling bins and compost bins around campus, but I feel like a whole lot of people don't really know, like, what is recyclable, what is compostable, 
Because mm-hmm. more often than not, you will see the, the trash bin just all the way full and the other two just, like, not even a third of the way full. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's also to blame with, you know, just, like, consumerism as a whole because a lot of things are not compostable or recyclable. But there's a lot of things in there that I think could definitely be going in the other bins. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just kind of, you know, broadcasting to the student body is though like, oh, like, this is something that you can compost. You didn't know but you can, or something that, like, this is something you can recycle. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you... Okay. Uh, I know there's, like, I know there's signs up around, like, the trash can center to tell you what to compost. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, sometimes people are just, they're going to class, and they're so quick, and they don't even think about it. And a lot of times people are like, oh, I just didn't have the time to look at the signs, so I just threw it in a bin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think what would be important is just kind of getting that out there so people, like, have that knowledge and remember it without even looking at the sign. Just saying, oh yeah, like this is compostable, I don't need to think about it, I can put it in this bin, you know. Mm-hmm. I just think that'd be, it's important to like start getting that kind of out there, like the signs and just really paying attention, you know. Yes. So then once you do earn like that quick moment, you can put it in the right bin without even thinking about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I know it gets really, really difficult because I know the coffee shop um, does 100% recyclable and you see very very similar products on mm-hmm. the different bins right so anything that you get on campus is totally compostable because it's made out of starches mm-hmm. um, instead of oils or all the plastics but you know you go to Starbucks you go to Domino's you go to things like that and they say that all those similar style coffee cups um, are not compostable so I think a lot of it often stems from just the confusion even between the products um, that are sold and I think one of the overarching ways to solve that is maybe even from a university standpoint or as students on the university going out to the Starbucks going out to you know Duncan we don't have a Duncan do we we do we do we do, yeah. we do going out to the Duncan going out <laughs> to the, you know uh, caribou's around town and just making sure that all of the products that are coming out of their facilities are the same ones that are coming out of our facilities so there's mm-hmm. less confusion and we get that more sustainable focus um, out there I mean that might be something that we see as an option um, going forward. I feel like the issue though too, and this may be even looking at the bigger picture at the same time, mm-hmm. is just people just don't realize, like they just don't, I feel like it's just times they just don't care. Which is mm-hmm. sad to see. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it kind of goes down, like they they don't see the bigger picture of like doing the small things and even getting like, it. maybe it's because they're not getting that like instant gratification, yeah. which is a huge part of like, our days like a lot of people want that they want that instant gratification they want to know mm-hmm. while it just seems like still to a degree a lot of students are like well it's not my problem or eh, the next group of students can deal with it so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe it's like looking at ways though to also like encourage and like being like hey you do this one simple thing or you remember just automatically to throw away that one coffee you have a week this is how much of an impact it can have then in the long term though too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely all right. Well, I think um, that should about wrap up this podcast um, for today. I would like to thank all of our guests for joining us. Um, hopefully, you'll be able to join us next week as well. Um, and thanks to you all, listeners, for tuning in for the week. We should be back every Friday is hopefully when we get these posted. Um, we'll have one episode a week, and if this gets to be a really popular event, we might even throw in two. Uh, One thing that we do ask for any viewers is that if you do have any questions or any topics that you would like to see discussed or thrown into this podcast, please send them our way. We will have an email address associated 
with this podcast, and it will be in the description of the podcast. Um, So thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next week back with another episode of The Green Screen. Yay!